You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Rob, you know this guy. He was enormously funny, wasn't he, on the show today? Yeah, he's that shirtless, fat comedian on Netflix. I yeah, always, I always scrolling fat. Well, I mean, I mean that's but he he, he he puffs his belly. Yeah, out. he's I been don't... working out though. Him and Joe Rogan have been doing all this all this uh, sober October thing and October sober, and uh, you know he's always drinking. He talks about alcoholism. He's a huge funny guy uh he's he's on the road on a big tour he has a netflix special he's always working he's uh he's just been around the block and back he's a family man i just did his cooking show on the youtube thing the youtube thing. Uh, whatever who you? cares man i don't i don't know what's fucking called you can just say that. youtube moving YouTube forward on the youtube thing i had one dude call me said to me one day i saw you on my tube i'm like uh it's youtube uh, whatever it's with my space but uh burke kreischer Hilarious. I think you guys are going to love this. It's just nonstop. His stories, man, are epic. He was literally voted like the biggest partier in the history of schools. Well, yeah, College. Van Wilder was pretty much based awesome. on him. And you'll hear that whole story and uh, much, much more. And uh, his penis and uh, Tracy Morgan. Tracy Morgan. Wait till you hear that story. You'll shit your pants. Inside of You is brought to you by Policy Genius. Life insurance isn't the most enjoyable thing to think about. It isn't. Rob, but you know what? People don't like thinking about dying. No, I don't like thinking about dying or yeah. life insurance. Okay, but you know, uh, having life insurance is actually, it should make you have a good feeling inside you. You know why? Why is that? No, I well, don't. Well, because you have a family. Mm-hmm. All right? I'm alone, but you, you have are. a family. It's nice to know that if anything were to happen to Robert Hollis, your family won't have to start a GoFundMe to stay afloat. I mean, it's it's pretty easy. And you know what? I, actually, it's usually not easy because no, until now. No, normally you don't have a site like Policy Genius. Right. They honestly, in two minutes, you can compare quotes from the top insurers to find the best policy for you. That's what they do. It's an easy way to get life insurance online. Yeah, it's, a, it's an aggregator. You search what you're looking for, and it gives you pricing for everything. I think it's the easiest thing. Everyone needs life insurance. Policy Genius has helped over 4 million people shop for insurance. Placed over $20 billion in coverage, Rob. That's a lot of money. That's almost as much as you have. I wish I had that much, but I don't. So if you've been avoiding getting life insurance because it's difficult or confusing, give Policy Genius a try. Go to policygenius.com, get your quotes, and apply in minutes. You can do the whole thing on your phone right now. Policy Genius, the easy way to compare and buy life insurance. Burt Kreischer, let's get inside you, buddy. It's my point of view. Listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum was not recorded in front of a live studio audience. You opened the door and it felt like it wasn't the Burt Kreischer that I saw like a couple of weeks ago when I did your cooking show. I'm sober right now. Uh, you know, I'd see it Twitter and Joe Rogan's tweets are just omnipresent yeah. and it's like uh octo sober october sober october i always say it's sober october only because it started as an intervention it's it like no joke it's like it was the one podcast i did where i was i got yeah, i watched it you thought it was an intervention i was it made me really uncomfortable ari was there ari and tom were there and i was i literally got home and i was like i think i might have just fucked up my career like i literally laid in bed and i was like i think i just ruined my career why? Because I was honest. Number one, I was honest. You're always honest. I, it's a fault I have because I, I think I overshare. But what had happened was... You told the Tracy Morgan story. Yeah. And you thought you were going to get in trouble. Why would telling a Tracy Morgan story ruin your career? Well, the Tracy Morgan story, I think, namely because I was like, he'll never remember it. 
He'll never remember that that's me. He won't remember I'm that one telling the story. I was He's doing, lying. He yeah. defamed me. Yeah, exactly. And he did say that. And I was like, well, I, you can say whatever you want. There were people there that night. So, I I mean, people remember the story. Did he want to kick your ass? No. Well, I think we need – he didn't look worried. I'm not worried about it. But wait a minute. Let's rewind there. I mean, you've told Tracy Morgan, story. I don't think you could take a swing t- at Tracy Morgan now after the car accident. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, like so if he wanted to kick my ass, I'd be like, yeah, okay. Right, I'm not going to Yeah, I'm not going to. Now, you know, people don't know that story. Yeah. But my listeners, perhaps. I one mean, of the best stories ever told, in my opinion. The, I mean, it's – you know, if you, you want to – you probably said and tell the story a million times. Yeah, I've told it a bunch. But, I mean, in a nutshell – you go through it uh, quickly because I love this story. I don't want you to have to tell it over and over no, again. No, but no, in a nutshell, what happened? I was a young comic working the door at the Boston Comedy Club, uh, and it's how, how I used to get on stage. Was I would bring, I had to bark and bring in like twenty people, twenty five people by the end of the night. And then if I did that, I got twenty five bucks, like a dollar for everyone I brought in. Technically, I got twenty five bucks regardless at one point. And then I got to go on the stage at the end of the night, and I party with all the black comics. All the black comics were the ones. And they loved you. Yeah, because all the white comics were sober at the time. Bobby Kelly, Jim Norton, they were all sober. And so I partied. One of the guys who was still a good friend of mine, Tony Woods, was like, one night he was like, hey, man, Tracy Morgan's coming to the club. We should hang out. And all four of us, all three of us. And I was like, really? And he's like, yeah, let me introduce you to him so he knows you're cool. Tony used to call me Sugar Bear. And so. I could see that. And then, By the way, thank you. So- <laughs> thank you, Burke Kreischer, for allowing me to be inside of you today. <laughs> of course. Continue. And so. Uh, so Tracy Morgan shows up, and Tony's like, Sugar Bear, there's Tracy. Tracy, there's Sugar Bear. Tracy goes on, does stand-up. We're all cool. We're all hanging out. And then he goes out, done his spot, and he comes out, and he's like, hey, you want to get high? And I was like, yeah. So we walk down the street. We're on West 3rd. We take a left on Sullivan, and uh, he lights a joint, hits it, hands it to me. I hit it. And the second I hit it, it just tastes weird. It's like, I'm telling you the story as real as I can right now. Yeah. It just tastes weird. It just like tastes like plastic. It's gross. And I hand it back to him, and I'm like, "What the fuck's wrong with your Cheap, weed? Weird weed here." But I'm I'm coming at him from like uh like col- in college. If someone hands you, you'd be like, "What the fuck's wrong with your weed?" He's a yeah. celebrity, and he's like, "What?" Like almost offended. And I was like, "What the fuck's wrong with your weed? Your weed tastes like shit." And he's like, "Oh shit, <laughs> you never smoked sherm before?" I was like, "What sherm? Sherm, baby, angel dust, PCP. You never smoked sherm before?" And I was like. Who the fuck taught you how to do drugs? You don't hand someone PCP and then go tag her on PCP. You offer someone the PCP and then I would say, no, thanks. I don't want to see fucking spiders all night. So I literally leave him. I walk away from You're him. freaking out because that happened to me one time. It wasn't PCP, but it was like uh, heroin. Somebody laced a joint with heroin. Yeah. And I, I I, felt like I was going through. Like, it was numbing and I threw up and then I, my heart was ready. It was just the craziest. Dude, you don't do that shit. It's, pa- it's immediately panic sets in. Immediately. Yeah. I remember that. I remember, this is how small memories always stick with you. There was a peanut butter and jelly store on that street at the time. There was a peanut, and I saw the peanut butter and jelly store, and I thought, get a peanut butter and jelly. You're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. And I just walked back to the club. By the way, I still have to work. I still have to work the door. I have to bring people in. I have to do stand up. I haven't even gone stand up yet. At this you had point. to bomb. I, oh, 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 I go to Tony Woods. I go, I just smoked PCP with Tracy Morgan. And he starts laughing hysterically. He's like, no, you didn't. I said, no, I did. And he goes, no, you didn't. He goes, I know the man. He does not smoke PCP. And I go, no, he does. And he goes, no, he does not. He's fucking with you because you're white. And I was like, seriously? And he's like, maybe. <laughs> Because he, he goes, listen. I'm. I. He goes. I've known the man for a while. I know he doesn't smoke. But PCP, you can feel it in your system. But it, no, you know something's wrong. It might. No. Now he's like. Now Tony's like. Listen. You probably just smoke weed. Did, did said something disrespectful, and he's fucking with you. So just hang out. He goes. Don't go home. 
Don't go home because I know <laughs> if you go home, you'll no. believe you're on PCP and you'll jump out of a fucking window. Hang out with us. I promise you're going to be fine. I promise you you didn't smoke PCP. <laughs> so I'm like, all right. So we hang out. We I do my set. I bomb. I bomb fucking horrifically. I'm so in my head. I'm having panic attacks. I start drinking, start to relax, and we all go out to this club called Madame X. Everyone's got fucking champagne bottles. Tracy Morgan's got two champagne bottles in each hand. And anytime a girl walks by, he yells something outrageous, and the place goes fucking nuts, hands her a bottle of champagne. Like almost like, like almost like, Fun cat calling for the room. Like a girl These aren't by. cheap bottles of champagne. No. He's giving free bottles of champagne away. And everyone in his group has one. There's like all 20 black guys all have a bottle of champagne. Big Bill. He's like, yeah, I need a bitch with a C-section skull. Bottle of champagne. Play the club goes fucking nuts. I am fresh out of college. I'm literally like three months out of Florida State, right? I've been doing stand-up for maybe three months, and I'm like fucking blown away i'm like this is exactly why you moved to new york i want to be a part of this night but i don't want to be a part of this bill so i go over to the bar i get a heineken (laughs) drink a heineken start relaxing i'm like i'm fine we're all having a good time i'm laughing hysterically tracy morgan to this day i mean whatever you think i think of him you're wrong i i think he's hilarious i think he's tony woods is hilarious we're dying laughing all night long end of the night waitress comes up little white waitress comes up with the bill and she's got uh Looks around the room, looks at all the black guys, and then looks at me and puts a bill directly in front of me. And the fucking the table goes fucking nuts, right? And then it gets silent. And Tracy Morgan's like, what the fuck is that? She goes, it's the bill. He goes, no, bitch, I know what it is. Why'd you give it to him? She goes, well, I just figured that he's the, he's your, he was the guy, your, your, he's like, what, our coach? And he's like, no, I just figured that he was the, and he's like, what, our agent, our manager? Because we're white, we're black, we can't have money? She's like, no, sir. And then she moves the bill in front of him. He goes, oh, now I got money because I spoke up. Now I got fucking money. You know what? Fuck you, bitch. And he rips his shirt off and throws it in her face, and it is silent. Two ex-NFL guards that are the bouncers there that me and Tony knew fairly well uh, post up on each of his shoulders, and I hear, hey, my man. Tracy Morgan looks around and goes, bitch, I ain't your man, and elbows one of the dudes in the jaw. The biggest fight I've ever been in in my life breaks out. I'm on PCP. I walk out the street. I'm pacing back and forth. Now I'm panicking. I'm like, I'm definitely on PCP. I'm definitely on PCP. This night's not going the way I planned. I think I left my backpack in there. I'm literally freaking the fuck out. And Tony Did you get hit? Did you get hit? No, no. I was out so fucking quick. The second that popped off, I will literally be lined out. Tony Woods comes out. He's like, shit's going off. Like, Tracy's got like nine dudes on him. All of a sudden, doors are kicked open, and a limp, shirtless Tracy Morgan is thrown up the flight of stairs. It's on Houston Street. You know how you have to walk up five steps? They throw him up, and he lands on the ground in front of us. And then the doors kick back open, and his shirt comes out end over end and lands on his back. And I'm looking at Tony Woods. Tony Woods is looking at me, and all we're thinking is, what are we going to do with a dead Tracy Morgan? It's 3.45 in the morning, and Tracy Morgan just stands up, snaps his shirt, and he goes, now that's how you get out of paying a check. And just fucking walks away. All that, his ass beat, thrown out of a club. How much was that bill? You I know? can't even fucking fathom. By the way, I'm so, I was so young at the time. I've been doing stand-up maybe, may, maybe a month, maybe three months. Maybe I mean, I'll tell you what. I was doing it less than six months because six months in, I got a development deal with Will Smith. Right. So like, it was less than six months. I was definitely 26 years old, and that happened. I remember, I, I remember Tony Woods, uh, Tracy walked towards West Broadway, the club we were at called Madame X. Tracy walked towards West Broadway, and I was standing there dumbfounded, dumbfounded. And Tony's like, are you coming? And he starts walking with them, and I go, I think I've had enough. I think uh, I'm yeah. going home. That sounds right. I'm like, I'm like, he's, I definitely didn't smoke PCP. He definitely was fucking with me. He knew he was crazy like a fucking fox. And so I was he, like, is he the, one of the craziest people you've ever met? No, 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 no. He was, I think Tracy gets a rap for being crazy. 
I only met him one time, but like I've watched a lot of him on on the internet, like a like an aggressive amount. Right. He just emotes like humor. Right. He's fine. He's so when you were so this whole story made you freak out because you told it on Rogan, and you were like you hadn't told that story. No, no, no. So. In all fairness, and I, I'll keep the guy's name out of it, only because I don't want any bad stuff going to him. I was working with a guy who I had told the story to, uh, and then the guy was like, that's the greatest story I've ever heard. By the way, the, the, the story happened probably 19 years ago. So this happened before anyone knew who Tracy Morgan was. So you're like was. 24 years old. I was 26. I was 26. Yeah, I'm 25 right now. Right. And, uh, and so it happened 19 years ago. Um, this happened before anyone knew who Tracy Morgan was. He is on SNL, but he wasn't like a big fixture on the on the show at all so when i tell the story people laughed because they knew tracy and then tracy blew up and then the story became that much better because he got famous so like the story i told the story that night i told the story to my roommate and to a guy i ran into on the street i was like you'll never believe what just happened to me it was the greatest story it it was and by the way i never told it on stage because it just wasn't i wasn't funny in it like i didn't do anything i'm i'm basically telling a story about a guy who's a comedian who is funny. But it, it is funny if you think about this guy who just is right out of college. He's a young guy. He hasn't done stand-up. He's with one of the biggest stand-up comedians, not then, but whatever. Yeah. So anyway, I told it to a friend, a friend that I was working with, and that guy went on stage that night that I told him it. And when he was bringing me on stage, he was like, are you going to tell that story? I said, no, I don't feel like, I never felt right telling it on stage. I just, I just felt that it was me telling you about a funny thing that happened to Tracy Morgan. Like I felt like it was his story in a weird way, right? And and me and Tony a story Woods, that he would never tell, never. Like why would he ever tell it? <laughs> and by the way, it doesn't make him look good. So it's right. like I always felt like you know what I'm not going to tell it. And then what happened is this guy told it that night and said that it happened to me, and the place went fucking nuts. It was I was I mean it's a great story. Brought me on stage and I fucking destroyed. And then he did it again a couple times and I was cool with it because I was like. I'm not telling the story. Story's being told. I'm getting credit. In a weird way, I was like, maybe I'll ride this to the bank. And then that guy did Opie and Anthony, and I heard him start the story, and I was like, oh, shit. Here we go. I'm Because I was a big O&A fan. I was like, I'm about to do Opie and Anthony right now. Like, he, they're gonna, he's going to say my name, and they're going to go, who the fuck is this Bert Kreischer guy? And he said it happened to him. And that is where the – that's where I think Rogan got involved in, in my life is that he heard about that, and he was like, you have a great story. Why aren't you telling it? And I said I never wanted to tell it in the first place, and this guy's now telling it, and so I don't know what to, I don't know what to do. And so he's like, "You need to tell the guy to stop telling it." So I told the guy to stop telling it. I thought we were good about that, and then he ended up telling it, kept telling it, and he just kept telling it, and he told it on a special. And Tracy found out. Tracy That's found out, and by the way, at this time, now everyone knows that it happened to me. So right. now this guy, this guy who I haven't spoken to in probably nine, ten years, this guy has gotten paid for it, gotten gotten all the accolades for it. And gotten, and then kind of got out free and goes, oh, Bert said it happened to him. And then all of a sudden, Tracy Morgan got pissed at me. And I was like, God damn it. Hey, I, mean, I didn't tell this fucking story. I mean, I was joking about it, but I, this guy took the story and got paid for it. Yeah, I, I told it on Rogan. I've told it. I mean, I've just told right. it here. I have no problem telling it now because I'm like, fuck, it's, the cat's out of the bag. I, there's no putting it. Once Tracy right. heard it, I was like, there's no putting it back in. Has he tried to contact you? No. I, 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 and it stinks because. He's a very sweet and you guy. Like him. I love him, dude. It was just a funny thing that happened. That a, he does. He, he's embarrassed by. He doesn't remember. He's definitely not going to remember it now. I think after his car accident, and Tony. Well, now Wood, he will. No, no, he won't. And now, <laughs> but Tony Woods and his, Tracy Morgan walks in the door. What's crazy is that a lot of people have now told it. Like a lot of people have told it that it happened to them. There was an Australian comic saying it happened to him. Tony Woods called me up from Australia, and he was like, "Dude, someone's telling our story." Because Tony and I believe now. Tony and I believe it's our story. Like we go. We've told it on stage together, 
where we were, where we would did like matching. Like I would tell my side, and by the way, I am so less culpable in my side of the story. When Tony tells it, I am not like my shirt came off first, which makes total sense. <laughs> makes I don't total know. Sense. Make total I'm sense. I'm surprised it's on now. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't believe. Like I was like, "Are you sure?" And he, I'm. We were on stage at DC Improv, and my shirt's off. And he was like, "You think Tracy Morgan took his shirt off first? And I was like, "That does sound like me when you say that." But I remember being scared that night. But I'm sure he was like, "No, you were loving it." All right. So look. Everybody, like, if you say Burt Kreischer, a lot of people say, oh, my God, I love that guy. Netflix, and he's got doing all these things. He's just a funny guy, right? Yeah. The guy with the shirt off. The guy on Rogan. The guy doing his own thing. But, like, my whole thing is I, I want to know how it started because I was – I know how I was as a child and dysfunctional. And like, I remember in college getting naked and doing things. And there was always oh, yeah. a reason. There's always a reason psychologically why you do things. You know, maybe you, like Dax was on the show, Dax Shepard. And Dax mm-hmm. was like, you know, I think we used to show our dicks when we were younger because we were not very comfortable with the way we looked. We weren't comfortable with our bodies. That's so funny. I was just so thinking we about just why I showed, showed my dick. our dicks. Because it was funny, and we sort of liked our dicks. Yeah. And maybe there's a psychology. Then I go, Dax, that's pretty, pretty ingenious. We wanted to be the outrageous guy. I wanted to be the outrageous. I, w- I grew up <clears throat> I grew up an athlete, like a legit athlete. Uh, what like, sports? Football, baseball? Uh, football, baseball, but then ba- focusing, on, focusing on baseball. Got recruited out of high school to go play college, a couple different places. Duke, the Citadel, oddly enough. And then decided I was going to walk on Florida State. And... Got and I, I was like a, I was like cool, I, you know, like I mean, I say that, like I was, I was always funny, and I went to an all boys cabin up until eighth grade. I was like the cool guy, listen to cool music, but you weren't crazy, dressed you cool, taking no. your shirt off, you weren't farting, you weren't belching, drinking like crazy. Oh no, 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 not at all. Were your parents drinkers? No, not at all. My dad ran marathons, and my mom never drank. So my dad didn't drink. So it was a normal household. Very like almost, almost abnormal, like very normal. Like I love you, Bert. Have a great day at school. Uh, I felt I felt uh, loved. I felt they hugged you. Uh, they yeah. told you you were good at things. Yeah, I kissed my dad on the. I think I kissed my dad on the lips all through high school. When I said goodnight at the end of the night, I had to come in and kiss him on the lips. That's weird because because uh, he wanted to make sure I wasn't drinking. I kiss on the cheek. I maybe. never kissed my dad. Oh, for real? Barely a hug. Oh, I still I get my dad will kiss me on the cheek when I I'm going to Tampa tomorrow and my dad will pick me up at the airport. Lip him. No, he wouldn't. For old time's sake. He wouldn't. Just say, hey, for old time's sake, dad, lip. It's so crazy because when I had my daughter, we weren't kissing her on the lips when she was a baby. And my sister came in and kissed her on the lips. And we went, Are you kissing her on the lips? And she was like, Yeah, we kissed that on the lips. Like, what? Why aren't you going to kiss your daughter on the lips? And I was like, I don't know. And then we did. And then there was a point where my oldest daughter said, Yeah, pulled a cheek on us. And we were like, And my, by the way, Mm-mm. my youngest daughter never let us kiss her on the lips. Never. And never, and to this day, won't let us kiss her on the cheek. If she goes to give her a kiss on the cheek, you got to grab her by the fucking head and pull it in. We got the youngest a, one. Yeah, we got into a fight this morning because I kissed her on the cheek, and she was literally pulling her head away. And I was like, "No, no." How she, old? Eleven. And she goes, "You're coffee breathing me." <laughs> you yeah. see, being me. Oh, dude. Hey, Rob, did you ever kiss your dad on the lips? I don't think so. We kiss, <laughs> Cal- ever- we kiss Calvin on the lips, though. Your son, he's 29. Yeah. He's got a fucking kid already. How, how old? He's uh, turns two in January. Nice. I was 32 when I had my first. I'm 30. He doesn't know my age. Nice. You're 30. Yeah. Uh, but you never you kiss your mom on the lips. Uh, not no. I never did that. So you know why that's not true. I remember my mother when I was a young boy. She'd get before I went to school. She'd say, "Michael, give me the movie star kiss," and I go, and we would kiss like. Lips closed. Don't get all yeah. freaky looking on me, Bert. <laughs> you know, that, that, tips mm, of your tongue. <laughs> mm, 
that Humphrey Bogart, yeah. Warren McCall. Okay, kissed. that makes sense. Yeah, and we would do that, and that was that's embarrassing. I don't know why I told that, but uh, you kissed your dad on the lips, and it was something yeah. you did for a while. It was a like, very a normal. loving family. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I don't know how many times I have to talk about this, but it's so important. If you're sitting there right now and you're stressed or you're anxious or you have a lot on your mind and you just bottle it up and you don't know what to do, it's going to come out and it's not going to come out in great ways all the time. Um, BetterHelp has helped me substantially. Ryan here has been using it for a while. And I, you know, don't you notice when you don't use BetterHelp? When you don't have therapy, oh, the weeks where I miss a session, of course, yeah, yeah, it's just it's 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 like the more you talk about something, even if you don't think you have anything to talk about, things come up, and it puts your mind at ease. And we all carry around different stressors, you know, big and small, and at times we keep carrying them around rather than processing them and letting them go. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy from BetterHelp is helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's for all of us. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. I think people think, oh, what if I don't like my therapist? If you don't, you switch them. It's that easy. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com inside today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash inside inside of you is brought to you by rocket money if you want to save money listen up <laughs> i don't know how, how to tell you this other than f this really works ryan went through this mm -hmm. we have so many unwanted subscriptions that we forget we have and uh you know there's so many apps nowadays that we just get lost and you know i'm not very app savvy and you know i'll watch a streamer and then the next thing i know i forget that i just watched one show and I'm still subscribed to this after six months. With Rocket Money, they take care of you. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. Why don't you say, did you know that nearly 75% and end at... Did you know that nearly 75% of people have subscriptions they've forgotten about? Yeah, I'm one of those people, Ryan. And between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it's never ending. Thanks to Rocket Money, I'm no longer wasting money on the ones I forgot about. With Rocket Money, I have full control over my subscriptions and a clear view of my expenses. I can see all of my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something I don't want, Rocket Money can help me cancel it with just a few taps. I love the dashboard and how it shows me this month's spending compared to last month. I like doing that. Uh, so I can clearly see my spending habits. Plus, they'll help me create a custom budget and keep my spending on track. Rocket Money will even try to negotiate lowering your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll deal with the customer service for you. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions. That's simply astonishing. Saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. So 
Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash inside. That's rocketmoney.com slash inside. Rocketmoney.com slash inside. Were you smart in high school, grade no. school? No, I, I, got, I got through. I got into Florida State, but I never studied. I wasn't good at studying. I, I think I'm dyslexic. I yeah. never read a book. I'm colorblind. I'm a little dyslexic, probably. Yeah, it's and just I just not very smart. Just not that. It's not my brain. And so, so what? What turned? What? What made you the the guy that we you not only the number one party school in the country, Florida State, in 1997. Yeah, but you were the biggest partier in the Princeton Digest or something. Harvard Princeton, Princeton Review. Princeton Review said you are the biggest partier no. in the United States of America. No, Princeton Review said Florida State was the number one party school in the nation. Right. Rolling Stone wrote an article about wrote an article about Florida State and titled me the number one party animal in the country. And then Oliver Stone While you were still there. Yeah. My my probably my last two months of college, I was the most famous person at the school. Without a doubt the most getting laid person. constantly. No. Whoa, whoa, no. whoa. You're, I was a party animal. I wasn't like a. But you're in Rolling Stone. Yeah, I had a girlfriend, and it was not like that. Like, not a lot of people liked it. Like, a lot of girls were like, "Ugh, what a fucking idiot." You had a girlfriend. For had how a girlfriend. long? That one. Yeah, I got it. I got her like my last senior year. So, did you make the baseball team? I went to tryouts. Walk on. Went to went to walk on. Coach knew who I was. I was supposed to play Legion ball in Tallahassee that summer, and I passed on it. I just partied. It was fun as fuck. And I, was, I just never went. I was like, I'm not going to go. I'll just, You know what? I'll just say that it was too complicated. I didn't have a car, and, and then I'll just go to walk on. Coach uh, pulled me aside, and he was like, uh, where were you this summer? I was like, I, yeah, I just never got I never got around to it. And he was like, where's Scott O'Brien? Is a, my was my best friend. He was a catcher. He got recruited to play at, at Auburn and decided to come back to Florida State. And he's in the dorms. He said, I thought the two of you were going to walk on. I, I thought, you know, and I was like, yeah. And he was like, well, I, th- I think he said something to the effect of if Scott walks on, I don't have a spot for you. But if Scott doesn't walk on, I got a spot for you. Regardless, I need bullpen catchers. So go down to the bullpen and catch 90 pitches. And I walked down to the bullpen and I literally was like, I walked right out left field fence, walked right back to Sally Hall. Went right into my room. Everyone was smoking weed. We used to do this thing called time traveling. You never We're, caught one fucking ball. I, w- I walked out and I caught. He watched you walk out? Watched me walk right out the fucking like door. Like out of a movie. You had the balls to just walk out and the adults telling you something. I think I left my fucking catching gear there and just walked out. I was like, I have no Maybe it's in this. a frame right now in Sally Hall. Oh. And then I went and got, gear. I got high and I called Scott O'Brien. I said, hey man, coach wants you to walk on. And he went and walked on. Played like four months and was like, quit. And he was like, this sucks dick. I literally thought to myself, oh, I also had a pledge pin on. And he was like, first of all, you can take that off because there's no partying if you're on the baseball team. And I remember thinking. Sigma Tau Omega? Yeah, Alpha Tau Omega. Whatever. I was like, maybe I'll be, maybe I'll just party. Like thinking, you know, maybe I'll just right party. Right then is when you kind of thought it. Maybe I'll just party. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to party. And at this point, you hadn't really partied. No, I, it's to be dead honest with you. I mean, I, I smoked pot and I drank in high school, but like a regular person, you know, right. like uh, what was the girl from Clueless? Like Claire or Cher from Clueless. Right. Like I'd done it, but not like too much. And I didn't even drink until I was 21 was when I first like drank, like was like, I was, a, I'm a weird person and then I'm a stickler for rules. So like, I didn't like breaking the law. I didn't like breaking rules and being out with beer and stuff like that didn't. 
I didn't. So what was it? The first time you really let go? Do you remember it? And there was a reaction, almost like a stand-up comedian feels like the people were just going, "This guy's fucking awesome." I think this will connect with anyone who's a genuine alcoholic. And I'm, I say this as a joke. If you really are have a problem with drugs and alcohol, I apologize. I don't technically have a problem with drugs and alcohol, although it's a big part of my life. But the first time anyone, anyone who hears this, who's an alcoholic, will know this moment. Me and Ben Seberg were bored on a Thursday night. We had a pool table in our house. Ben Seberg. Yep. Uh, he's like, what do you want to do tonight? And I was like, I don't know. What do you want to do? And I, it hadn't dawned on me until this time. And he goes, I don't know. You want to get drunk? I was like, and do what? And he was like, I don't just get drunk. Just get to sit down and just get drunk. And I was like, you can do that? And he was like, yeah, what do you want to drink? I go, I've never had a martini. He says, let's, let's go make up martinis. Let's go learn how to make martinis before the internet. Like, there was the internet was there, but you couldn't, like, Google recipes. So we went to a liquor store, ABC Liquor, and we were like, how do you make martinis? And the guy's like, uh, you get this, this, this. And we're like, okay, cool. And we experimented making martinis and got drunk on, like, a Thursday and did nothing, just sat there and got drunk. And it was awesome. And, like, for, like, the next, like, just month. Just you and another dude. Just me and another guy. And, and then, that was awesome. And it was so much fun. And so all the time, someone will be like, what do you guys want to do? And like, hey, you want to just get drunk? And it was, like, so much fun. And then the real turning point for me when it came to my drinking and my lifestyle, I came back from Russia, uh, and my girlfriend had cheated on me with my best friend and gave me the clap. And I had... You got chlamydia. I got chlamydia. How do I, you know when you have chlamydia? What oh, is Oh, you know. Is there, there burning? Is, Oh, you know. Is there like uh, it's not? It's it's almost like uh, shards of glass are trickling out of the head of your dick, and it's burning. You're done pissing. It's still burning. It when you start to piss, it punches you directly in like the pubis, and it just comes out like you think it is going to be blood coming out, and it's, it's just not. It's so fucking painful. What that, color is it? It's regular, and uh, and I was like, I was like. I was really fucked up about it. That's I, just a shame. The day I found out, I had gotten chlamydia, and I had found out from the doctor that I had chlamydia, and that is when she admitted she cheated on me. But she had said, and uh, I guess you got to, I, I don't believe And your her. best friend. Yeah. One and, of your good friends had chlamydia, gave it to her. Well, I think she had slept with a lot of people. And so I think that she had got, he said, I, he goes, I don't have it. And so I think she had gotten it from someone else. I don't know. I, I don't, I really, honestly, she always said she never had it. And so I, so I guess I magically got it is what ultimately yeah. the, that night, Mike Osborne and I, uh, he's, our buddy Clint was going through OCD. Uh, he had just got, he had, we had figured out he had OCD and he's like, I'm going over to Clint's house to hang out with him. He's been counting books. And he was like, do you want to, <laughs> wait, Osborne's counting books. No, Clint, Mullen, Clint, Clint, Clint's, uh, Clint's counting books. He used to count his books. <laughs> you got to go over there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, it was fun. It was, we had lived with Clint the year before and it was fun to do, to get him in his OCD but we didn't realize it was a legit problem. And then when he moved into my apartment by himself, we were like, oh, it's a problem. We should be his friend now. And so we'd all moved out that summer. And then we were coming back. We were, and he's like, I'm going over to Clint's house to hang out with him. And he was like, I don't want to leave you alone. I, I just found out that she had cheated on me. And he was like, what can I do for you? And I was like, I don't know. And then he was like, listen, I don't not good with advice. But I can tell you this. If you get drunk, the feelings go away. And I'll get drunk with you tonight. I'll get drunk with you every night until this Did goes away. Did you cry? Were you oh, my God, yes. Were you crying more that she broke, that cheated on you or that you got chlamydia? That I got chlamydia it was the second girl I'd ever slept with. And so it was like, I was like, all of a sudden, I'm dirty. Were you embarrassed? Oh, dude. Do you remember going into that doctor at the, was it at the health clinic at the, at the student, uh, whatever? Yeah. It was and- at Florida State. It was at, uh, and I went into him and I'd said, I said, I think I have a bladder infection. I drank, uh, I drank, I'd gone hiking in Switzerland and I drank out of a trough. 
because we were thirsty and we didn't bring any water. Yeah, and I right. said, I drank out of the trough in Switzerland. I'm pretty sure I got a bug there. And he was like, I don't think so. You wouldn't you wouldn't feel it in your in your genitals. And I was like, Are you sure? And he was like, Yeah, that's pretty much <laughs> the last place. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, I think you got chlamydia. And I was like, I think he said the clap. And I was like, What? He was like, You got the clap, man. He was like very casual about it. It's so funny. Back then, I was I was 22, and I thought he was an adult. Clearly, he was no older than like 28. Yeah. So he's just a kid too. Yeah. And he's he talking. Just had the clap. And he's like, "You got the clap," and I was like, "No." And he goes, Hi, "Did you fuck anyone over there?" I said, "No." He said, "You have a girlfriend?" I said, "Yeah." And he goes, "She fucked somebody." I went, "No, that's impossible." He goes, "No, no, that's what happened." <laughs> he just knew. Yeah. And he was like, "No, that's what happened." And I go, "No." And he goes, "Are you lying to me right now?" I mean, you don't need to lie to me. I'm not your girlfriend. Did you fuck somebody? And I was like, no. He goes, you're not lying. I said, no. And then he said, let me ask you a question. The Yanni's was the name of our bar. He goes, when you go to Yanni's, do you and your dick split up to cover more territory? And I said, excuse me? He goes, do you and your dick split up and then meet up at the end of the night? And your dick's like, oh, I fucked five chicks. I was like, no. And he goes, then your chick's lying and she's a whore. She, 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 and I was like. Did the doctor say yeah. she's also a whore? Yeah, she's a whore. She's I don't sleeping, know her, but she's, she's a cheating whore. on you and she's sleeping, she around, the clap. sleeping around enough to get the clap. And I went, that's impossible. And he goes, dude, I'm telling you right now. And I go, I want the test. And he goes, I wouldn't do the test. I'd just take the pills. Take the pills, confront her today. And I went, no, 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 it can't be that. I want the test. And he goes, I can do the test, but it's going to be a mistake. And I said, I'll take the test. And so he goes, all right, take your pants down, take my pants down. He's like, hold on to the side of the table. This is going to hurt. Put it, what did he put in there? Put the Q-tip inside the head of my dick and went deep. And as soon as he did, I was like, she's a whore. I was like, fuck <laughs> her. <a> fuck. <laughs> and then I confronted her. I confronted her. And she was like, I don't. I don't have the clap. I'll go get tested. I'll get tested for everything. And I was like, I was like, it doesn't matter. I have the clap. And I and I literally said to her, listen, when I go to Yanni's, me and my dick don't split up to cover more territory. <laughs> like I, re- I, re- I repeated it back to her. Oh my and God. so I had to take the pills and I drank with Mike Osborne every fucking night. What about Clint? He's counting books at this time? Oh man, Clint was, Clint used to, Clint was so fucking funny. He used to have this thing called the perfect cigarette where he had to, um, he had to go out of state lines. He had to be in Georgia to do it. So he'd, every night he'd leave Tallahassee, drive two hours, get in Georgia, buy the pack of cigarettes, tap it just perfectly. Uh, one had to come out of the box perfectly, and if it didn't, he threw it away and he started all over. And he would spend six hours a night driving around Georgia, listening to music, trying to find the perfect cigarette. PC baby, the PC. I could call Mike Osborne right now and go, "Do you remember the perfect cigarette? We used to fucking." I remember one time he took us on a perfect cigarette adventure, and we were like just amazed at like. How de- the perfect song had to be on. I think it was like Frank Black. It had to I be. I love on. Frank Black. I love Frank Black too because Huge. of Clint. Teenager of the Year. Because of Clint. Clint used to only play like really great music. Pixies and uh, dude. He introduced me to uh, Sundays. Uh, dude, the Sundays. Love the, the Pixies. Pixies. The fucking cranberries. Even dude. Clint was a really. Gr- he still is a really great guy. You know, I, I had uh, crabs in college. I think everyone had crabs. I never got crabs. Well, I got crabs, but I went to a grocery store because I was too embarrassed. I was like, I, I remember going to the bathroom late at night, and I just picked one off of me. They were really tiny. And I was like, why do they call them crabs? Because I mean, they're so small. They don't seem crab-like. And then I put it right into the light because we didn't have a little thing over the light. It was just a light bulb in the in the bathroom at the yeah. college. And I held it up really close. And that was my, when my vision was really good. And this <laughs> That's so funny you say that. And it looked like a crab. Yeah. Like a baby minute just this infinitesimal crab. Yeah. And I I said what do I do? I go I have crabs and I went to the grocery store and here's how bad it was. I was so embarrassed I didn't want to go to the doctor. The so I tr- I tried to steal I stole 
like crab medication, lice medication from the grocery store. Yeah. But could you imagine if I got caught, how more embarrassing that would be? Stealing crab. Venereal diseases are so. No, that's not a venereal disease. Ultimately, it is. Well, it's just a crab. It just itches. It's not like it goes inside your dick. I will say venereal diseases, regardless, are so embarrassing. Oh, you've had more than one. No, no, just that one. But 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 that that tweaked my brain. And any time I had like a one-night stand and skinned it, I've only had probably two one-night stands in my life. I've only had sex with six chicks. Six women. Yeah. The biggest partier to ever. But the partier's partying. The parties, party or parties. And at the end of the night, it is him being like, are you guys really going to fucking bed? Were you always that guy? Always. How many drinks would you drink in college? Uh, once you got going, once you and what's his name had that one night with martinis. Me and Ben Seberg. Ben Seberg. After that night, how how far did you get? Were you like, uh, oh, it's, on the scale it's... of the year, you hear the Wade Boggs stories, right? Yeah, yeah, The guy yeah. would drink like uh, 400 beers in a day or yeah. something. Would you, would you say you could easily drink a case of beer? Oh, uh, right now, yes, definitely. You uh, could drink a case of beer. Well, you're not going to because it's sober October. Yeah, I, but I definitely. I mean, I, I a case. What is your beer preference? I could drink anything. I, I, I don't. I don't get drunk the way other people get drunk. Like I don't. You can control yourself. You have control. Well, I control and I fall asleep. Uh, if I get too drunk, I fall asleep. I don't throw up, and I'm and I don't slur my words. I don't like. You I lose just, your erection. No, I I can't come now. If I'm too drunk, I can't come. Right. And so, like, I just, it just is like fucking pointless. It's literally like just, and so, <laughs> and so that actually, I've, I've cogn, and, and what's funny is I come home on Sundays and I drink on Sundays. So I don't, uh, like, when I fly home, I drink usually. I won't this week, but, um, what do you drink on the flight home? Uh, I'll have Tito's and sodas at the airport and double jack on the rocks on the plane. And you're fine. Fine. You're just come, a fun drunk. And then I'll have a couple drinks. You're not when an I aggressive land. drunk. You don't get in fights. Did you get in fights in college? No, I never. No, but I'm always the guy that was got hit because I would make a joke. I never got in fights. So you I got don't, beat up a lot. I got beat up a couple times, yeah. Like I got beat up at one time right after the Ronnie King uh, trial. Uh, there was the Lambda guys and the ATOs were about to fight, and I jumped in the middle. And I was like, guys, can't we all just get along? Bam. It was a v- great line at the time. It was like two days after the trial. Two days right after he just said it. Really poignant. Now it's a little hacky, but at the time, it was a fucking slammer. <laughs> and I got fucking jacked. Just knocked conk. out? Nah. I've been knocked out before. I got knocked out by, uh, I wrote a joke song about this guy's, about, about about the guys in our fraternity. And I put one of the guy's names in it and his girlfriend's name. And I guess I had done it before and he got upset. I don't remember him being upset the time previous. I, got, I felt like he never shared that with me. And then he just came up and we were playing pool. I was like, what's up, buddy? I didn't even know. And he was livid. And then he was like, dude, I better, I could, and he got in my face. And I was like, it was shorter than me too. But I was like, what the fuck? But he was a tough guy. He was a very tough guy. Like the biggest badass at our high school. Older than me, two years older than me. And he's like, I want to fuck you up. I want to fuck you up. And I was like, bro. We're friends. I can't believe you're doing this. And I like got in front of him, and I was like, "Dude, don't do this. Talk to me. Like, talk, like, that's like he's, a, he's about to beat you up, and you're trying to talk, say stop it. Yeah, stop. You and, don't want to fight. And he grabbed me and suplexed me and dropped me on my head on a marble floor or on a, like a concrete floor, and I was out. I was out. Did he hit you again? Did you hear? I have no idea. I was I was out after did that anybody one. Anybody say hey? He hit you after that? Were there witnesses? No, I don't know. Did you ever- have a concussion? Oh, I got lost on school. So it was finals week. Jesus. And I woke up, and his hand was in my mouth, and I woke up, and I was like, "What the fuck?" 
And I was like, what just happened? Like, it was, I was really his, out his of it. His hand? His hand was in my mouth. The guy who suplexed you, yeah. his hand is in your mouth. And then he kind of squirreled back to the corner of the room. And it, it was, I, you know, I, my memory of this isn't perfect, but I'll tell you what I do remember is I woke up, his hand was in my mouth, I was on the ground, and I, and I said to him, I go, what happened? Like, almost like I had a seizure or something. And he, like, squirreled back like spider-man like uh, like spider-man back to the corner of the yeah. room by the pool table fear in his eye like i i did something wrong here. i did something really wrong because i just knocked my friend unconscious and then and he was like the toughest guy in our fraternity without a doubt without a fucking doubt and i got up and i just walked out of the house the fraternity i was in my fraternity house walked out and i got in my i was in my sister's car which is interesting in the story because i i got into my sister's car which I had had. I was driving as a convertible uh, blue Mustang. And I drove on campus, and then I parked in like the t- in a teacher's parking lot. And I was like, where am I going? And I was like, I was really confused. I was like, I got up. I walked into a classroom. I walked into a class, and, they, and I looked at them, and they were like, didn't know who I was. And then I walked into the bathroom. I looked in the mirror, and I was Pupils. like, I was no, I was just like, I was like, what is going on? Like, I couldn't, I couldn't like jumpstart my brain. I couldn't jumpstart my brain to go like, like, I'll tell you what happened. And so I walked out and I sat on a bench in the middle of the school and I just couldn't, I couldn't get my thoughts straight. It was like, it was like literally like. You uh, dropped on your head. Yeah. It was like, you know, when they say like, I got my bell rung and I just couldn't, like, I just couldn't think straight. And uh, this girl found me or talked, started talking to me. And I said, I'm so sorry. I don't know who you are. I actually probably didn't. In all honesty, I probably didn't know who she was. But like a lot of people knew me, but I probably didn't know who she was. Did she look? She probably came over to you because you looked like something's wrong. Uh, yeah. Oh, I was. I think I was crying. I was like, I don't know you. She was like, I'm m- m- someone's girlfriend, like Mac or Matt. I'm someone's girlfriend. I was like, okay. She's like, are you okay? I said, I think I was beat up. And she was like, what? And I said, I think I've been. I said, something's wrong. I'm not thinking straight. Can you help me out? I didn't even know what was going on. I don't, even know I, hurt? I don't even know if I told her I'd gotten beaten up. I just said, like, she, I think they thought I was on drugs. And so my head didn't hurt, but I was just, like, I was really out of it. Just out of it. Like, and so I went to the hospital. She took me to the hospital. My roommate and my girlfriend, the two people that had, had sex in two more years after that. <laughs> or no, yeah, yeah, well, at least two, they yeah. were there for you before yeah. they fucked you. <laughs> they, they showed up to the hospital. The lady had said to me, who's the president? And I, I want to say I said it was Bush. She goes, where do you go to school? And I was like, Jesuit. Wait, I don't know. Where do I go? Oh, wait, wait, hold on. Where are we? Like, I just couldn't. It's so funny because I, I don't, I've never had that experience ever again. And I've had concussions since. It's got to be terrifying. <clears throat> it, was, it wasn't terrifying. Wasn't that, wasn't that bad. Once, once I stopped crying, I got in the car with the girl and got to the hospital. I was like, I'm fine. I was like, I just can't. I can't. Did they give me an MRI? Gave me an MRI. Uh, said I had a pretty severe concussion. And... They took me home and they kept waking me up all night. And then the next day I took my dog out to the mailbox. I got lost. I got Jesus lost at the mailbox. Christ. I couldn't. And then I came back. Did you ever confront this guy? He came up to me. Yeah, oddly enough. I'm sorry. I dropped you on your head. Everyone, the, he was graduating, but everyone hated him after that. It was, I think. you were very, a good guy. You just, I was the nicest guy You had a big mouth, world. like me. I had yeah. a big mouth. I talked shit, but I wasn't like, I wasn't being mean. And the joke I said about him was not. At all? Does he ever aggressive. try to get in contact you? No. With you today? No. 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 He he tried in college. He came up to me and tried to apologize. What'd you say? I was like, whatever, dude. I was. You know, what's so really interesting. He tried to apologize, 
And then this other guy was trying to fight me. And <laughs> that sound like I've gotten into a lot of fights. I've only been like a handful, but this other guy was trying to fight me. And that guy, and the guy he that beat me up got, stepped in. And so I was like, I was like, whatever. I, I don't really care about the guy. He's not someone that I would ever spend any time with now as an adult. My life is so globally different than his life. It's really bizarre. Right. Like I see pictures of him and he's still like doing things he did in college, which I, I'm very happy for him. I don't care, but I just don't fucking care about the guy. Do you do things that you still did in college? Yeah, a lot of things. I think I have arrested development. I think I, think I, I do too. Yeah, I think I stopped Absolutely. growing. That's why I like you. Yeah, I think I, I stopped. I relate to you. I grew, stopped growing up in... In my freshman year of college, I think that somewhere along there, fiscally, I am I am the exact same person. What is it? What do you think causes this? What do you think? What is it that you? I mean, look, you're married, you have kids, yeah. you know, you love them, you seem responsible, but you seem like you're still that. What is it that you think happened? I know for a fact, when I got into comedy, I took it as a legit passport to being a child. I didn't understand how comedy worked, and Dimitri Martin explained to me, you know, you got to carry a notebook around, man. You got to like always have a notebook and be writing down ideas, writing down funny thoughts. And I had once in college, I had come up with a funny thought, and I made myself laugh. This is before I even got into comedy. I'd made myself laugh, and I couldn't stop laughing at it, and I felt silly. I felt like, I go, stop doing that, man. It's almost like crying by yourself. You're like, don't cry. But what, just, just stop crying. Just stop crying. Like, I felt silly that I was making myself laugh. And when Dimitri said that, it really opened me up, and I went, so it's okay if you make yourself laugh? He's like, are you serious? That's the goal. It's come up with a funny thought. Make yourself laugh, then share it that night. Dude, I changed the way my brain worked that day. That day, I remember going, so everything's a joke. So everything's a joke. No matter what the fucking, I was working at Barnes and Noble, and this lady asked me if uh, if I wanted. I said I said she was looking for a magazine, and I started walking around looking for it. And I realized in the middle of walking to find this magazine with her that I didn't really care about this magazine, and I didn't care about her finding it, and that my head wasn't in it. I was thinking about other stuff, and I just started giggling about it. And I turned around to her, I go, you know what, my head's just not into this. And she was like. <laughs> Excuse me? Dude, there's nothing worse than a, a young person who just doesn't care. It's oh. like, and when you're an adult, and you're like, I need this magazine. There's my friends who wrote an article in it. And I'm like, I'm not going to help but you. But you just said it just right away when you said it. It's almost like you didn't have to say anything else. When you said a passport to being a kid, to True. being a child, it, it just hits somewhere in me. Like it, It's almost like you're making a living being funny. People want you to be funny. People want Bert to take his shirt off. Yeah. People want you to be that kid that they kind of want to be, that they miss being, and sometimes they like to be. And so I, I a lot of times feel like that. I'm always like trying to make people laugh, trying to entertain, trying. And I always fight like, why do I do that? Why do I need attention? Why? Do, and then I'm like, maybe it's just part of you, and you enjoy making people laugh and being uh, making people happy. You sort of have a, like a get out of jail free card oh. with. Just I'm gonna act like an idiot and have fun and say all the things that you guys want to say. I have two stories about being a kid that are like frustrating to adults, but fun if you are not. If you're li just listening, you're gonna love it. But if you're an adult in that moment, very frustrating. One is one time. Uh, one time I woke up in the morning and I said to my wife, "What are we doing this weekend?" And she was like, "What do you mean?" I said, "Well, like I don't know. I feel like we should do something big this weekend." She was like, "Why don't we just hang out and just clean the house?" I go, "No, no, 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 no." I go, I'll tell you what, how much do those inflatable slides cost? She's like, I have no idea. I go, let's get an inflatable slide, put it in the front yard, and just invite people over. Just people walking down the street want to get on the slide, they can all get on the slide, and then we'll have drinks in the backyard. It'll be fun. And she was like, I don't, baby, that, you got to get like weeks in advance. I go, see if you can get one. She was like, no, it's going to be like 2000 I go, well, see if you see. She comes back in the room, and her eyes are like 
wide open, her jaws dropped. She goes, it's 150 bucks. <laughs> I go, are you serious? She goes, they can drop it off at 8 in the morning. And, and I go, I go, get a fucking slide. She goes, actually, they can bring us two. We'll have two slides. And then and we just do like a, a impromptu block party at our house. And, and it was fucking the greatest day of our lives. Do it again. People are coming up going like, so what, what is, what's, what's going on? Is it someone's birthday? I go, no. no. It's fucking Sunday. It's Sunday. It's the Lord's Day and the Chrysler's Day. We went, we, one time, we, oh. the uh, Isla's graduate, my oldest graduation from fifth grade. It, it wasn't a graduation. It was something like the end of the year concert, right? So they're in the auditorium, 11 a.m. Now, what they had done, the school had done, is they had said, it's 11, at 11 a.m., so get here at 10. So they had like two things you had to be at. So we got there at 10, and what they had done is they had wedged in the PTA for our thing. It's called PACE, but PTA elections in between there so that there would be the most parents there. So you had two events, and then they crammed in this election. And so I get in there. I'm like, and we sit down in the front, and they're like, all right, dunk, 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 like gavel on the table. Call to order. And I was like, wait, what the fuck is this? And Leanne's like, oh, they're doing PTA elections. I go, I'm, I'm out. And she was like, no, just sit. And I go, no, I'm not going to sit through a fucking election. I go, we're not even a part of PTA anymore because we're, Isla's graduating. We're not a part of this at all. It's a waste of time. And yeah, I go, I go, I'm going to go, I'm going to go out. I'm going to walk around. And she was like, just sit in here. So they're like, all right, running for uh, secretary, dot, 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 versus dot, 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 running for, dot, 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 running for president is Jeannie. And I go, it's just one person? And she's like, yeah. I go, I lean back. I go, hey, someone nominate me. And they're like, what? I go, just nominate me. And Leanne's like, don't do that. And I go, why not? I go, I'm not going to let her run uncontested. Let's make it fun. And Leanne's like, oh, my God. And she starts, and someone goes, hey, Bert, by the way, the How old is this girl? Probably 38. Okay. The girl running, right. thirty-eight years old, and so and it's for the PTA president. And now the president, the principal, vice principal, a dean of our of our grade school are in the row in front of us, and they're like, "Actually, um, I don't think you can run." And someone's like, "Actually, he definitely can run." Like, don't say he can't run. He definitely can run. Now you're just making that up because you don't want him to run. And they're like, seriously, what do you? And so I just go, please someone nominate me. And Brian Stepanek puts his hand on me. He goes, "I nominate Bert Kreischer for president." And I go, "I accept." And <laughs> The room is bubbling. Now, by the way, I am a professional fucking comedian. Speaking in front of public, in front of people, is my strongest thing I can do in the world. Please say this didn't go well. So I, so they go, <laughs> they go. I guess we have to take Bert Kreischer as the public. And, the, and this woman's going, "Are you being fucking serious? Hold on, he's not. His kids are graduating. Like, how can and I go? Actually, it doesn't matter if my kids are graduating. I can definitely run. I'm, I'm definitely running. And now, by the way, I knew this woman really well. Were I knew you laughing her. while you're saying I am, this? dying inside i'm so excited are you acting serious you're pretending to be serious acting dead serious okay and i go i can definitely run no i used to hike with this woman all the time me my wife and her two friends used to hike with her all the time and then one day she stopped hiking with us and started hiking with a group of other women and didn't talk to us about it and it was always it wasn't bad it was just awkward because we'd see them hiking the exact same route and we were always wondering what happened to her right so i get up and i was like listen i just want to tell you who i'm running against and I talked about this hiking. Did you say thing. something about yourself at all? Uh, nothing. Nothing. And I just and I just slammed her. And I go. <laughs> and by, by the way, she's our friend. What did you she's say? definitely friend. I go. We used to hike every single morning, and she and she goes, "Oh my god!" And she knows this is all true. And I go. And then one day, no phone call. She stops hiking with us and starts hiking. And I name the other two women. Starts hiking with da 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 and da da da. And she's like, "Oh my god, this really can't be what this is about." Like she starts. Literally losing it. She's my friend. She's literally losing it. And I go, I just want you to know that one day she'll be your praise president, and then one day she won't. (laughs) 
That's all I'm telling you. Is that as a friend, this, and I will tell you right now, I will always hike with you. I will always be there with you. I will always call you at six in the morning and say, are we hiking today? And when you say yes, I show up. If it's raining, I show, I start giving the most impassioned speech. You're like Rudy. And my wife goes, just stop. Stop and say you aren't running for real. Stop and say you aren't running for real. The people are losing their minds and going, I don't want a flip flopper. And then I sit down and I don't say anything. And they're like, oh my gosh, she gets up and she's like, I can't believe this. Okay. The reason I started hiking with them, <laughs> and I go, She's explaining I stand up and I go, I, I rescind my nomination. I don't want to run anymore. And she won. But I was like, why wouldn't you run in that moment? Why wouldn't <laughs> you she... run? Like, why wouldn't you have fun with the fucking moment? Why did, did I mean, did she, she, was won. she mad at she, you though? No, she was, her husband's like a big writer <laughs> on, uh, on the big modern, on modern family. Look, we hear all this fun stuff. You seem like a guy who's got so much confidence. <laughs> None. Like do you do you get nervous? Do you get scared? Do you get anxiety? Do you get depression? Do you oh, get yeah. do you cry? Do you think I'm crazy? Do you go to, to therapy? Do you do you take things to help you with these things? I well, I drink number one. Uh, I you uh, said before drinking wasn't a problem. You just like to drink. You don't think you have a problem? Yeah, but but, you just, but I definitely there is a part of me when as soon as sober October starts, I always go like I always recognize the actual muscle trigger of addiction. Where I go, like today, I said, I'm flying to Tampa tomorrow, and I'm, I said, oh, I'll go, home. I'll go hang out with my dad, have a glass of wine. I was like, oh, wait, I can't do that. And then I, I got like, I go, what the fuck am I going to do? do I'm going on a cruise for four days. Can't drink. And I was like, who doesn't drink on a cruise other than morbidly obese people who just go there to eat themselves to death? Dr. Drew Pinsky just uh, Instagrammed you. Did he? Said, he? Yeah, it was on your Instagram after you said, you know, or maybe it was, uh, yeah, it was. It was like, yeah. you know, for the whole uh, sober October, and he says you can do it or something. It's, it's By the way, it's super easy for me, and not for everyone, but for me, it's very easy to quit drinking. I work in absolutes very well. Uh, I have a hard time in the gray areas. I immediately go, I don't. I just will quit drinking for the rest of my life. I, I think that every time I start sober October, I go, what am I doing drinking? I'm so much happier not drinking. I feel fun. I feel alive. Like, maybe I'll just smoke a little weed every now and then. Um, but then I go. But then I go. I know that we're partying on November fifth. We're gonna have a big celebration to celebrate the end of October, sober October. And I go. Oh, I'm definitely. I'm not gonna miss that. So I don't know. Well, what about your doctor? Does your doctor say, Bert? We just did a physical. Your blood work is pretty good. Your liver's good. Yeah, I just I just got a full blood panel, and it was good. No chlamydia. Two weeks ago, he called, I did a full blood panel, and he said you're. Oh, you're you're totally normal. You're you're actually healthier than you were a year ago. Come on, swear to God. And he he said the only thing is he goes I want to track your blood pressure over sober October because I'm on blood pressure pills. And he goes and it drops so low. I want to just keep an eye on it. I want to keep an eye on it for the month. And he's like, so track it for the next two weeks so we know where you're at right now. I had to track it every single day. And he's like, just track it every single day. Take a blood pressure monitor with you. And you have chlamydia. And, and, and it's chlamydia. You. Dude, I thought has I had... your dick uh, going somewhere else during the. Oh, no worries. No. I love my wife too much. Like, how I'm, long have you been with her? Fifteen years. Fifteen years. Yeah, like you guys I, get along great. She's in. She Vietnam. just gets you a hundred percent. She's. I. She gets me, and I am perfect for her. Like the things she wouldn't allow herself in life, I force on her. So, like right now, she's in Vietnam. That's because her friend was going to Vietnam for business. She didn't want to go. She would never have ever admitted she wanted to go. She would just deny herself that because that's who she is. She grew up poor. She's like, I'm not going to go. We're, we're going to spend so much money. I said Vietnam's cheap. She's like, I know, but the plane ticket. I, and I go, first of all, I'll fly if you want. If you want, I'll fly you coach for fucking five hundred bucks, and it's no money. But I, I want to fly you business class. She's like, oh, I'm not going to pay that. And I go, it's two grand. It's two grand. It's just fucking five business class. 
And she's like, well, that's, we use miles. It costs us nothing. Vietnam, you won't spend more than $1,000 in Vietnam. And she was like, are you serious? I was like, yeah, we did the math. Her friend calls her. Dude, they have the most amazing tour through Vietnam. They're on an overnight train right now to Sa- Sapa. And, and it, Do you miss her? Uh, right now, yeah, because I'm fucking losing my mind with my kids. I'm not Do you good. have a codependency together? Hard. Hard core. core. Explain that. My wife sets it up so that everyone in her life needs her. She wasn't needed as a kid, and I think she felt like no one wanted her. You know, her dad or her mom, they're, they're divorced, and she went back and forth. I don't think she ever felt like needed or wanted. So she sets mm. up a thing where you need her. And sure as fucking shit, we have three chickens. They need her. We have, uh, we have two dogs. They literally... Every animal in the house follows her around wherever she goes, and my kids are useless without her. I am useless. We need that woman so much. Literally, I, I always used to make a joke that if she said she wanted a divorce, I go, "Cool. What am I supposed to do right now, though? Like, are you getting me a hotel room, or like, is there a car service <laughs> do picking I need to me call up? A lawyer? Yeah. Do I? How can you hook up a lawyer for me? Because I don't know how to do that. But yeah, I fucking I'm obsessed with that woman. But well, I'm good for her because I go, you have to do this. I, she started you challenge a, her. You make her do things that she normally wouldn't do out of her comfort zone. She started a podcast this year because I said, fuck it. We have all the equipment back there. You feel like you're lost. You don't know what you're doing. Do a year of self-discovery where you talk about this on a podcast. You I'm t- doing. Yeah, you talking to other people about what you're going through and about what they're going through and like and find tackle all the subjects you want to talk about. That, I'm telling you, a podcast for me is grown me exponentially because I sit and I spend two hours with the person that I normally wouldn't sit and spend two hours talking about life. Life. And so I go do it. She did her, started her podcast and was like, fell in love with it. I was like, I was like, what else do you want to do? She's like, I want to lose weight. And I was like, we had a sponsor beach body. So I go do the 21 day fix. She did the 21 day fix, lost like 15 pounds and was like, holy shit. And then, and then I was, I said to her this trip, I go, this is the best year of your life. This is your year. So go to Vietnam. Let it change your cultural DNA. Let it let it make you a different person. It will. There's no way it won't. It'll, it'll blow your mind. Vietnam is such a beautiful and almost impoverished, aggressive place that it, it, it forces you. It's like New York, but if they cut all the buildings in half, you know? Right. Well, what does she say to you in terms of like, it sounds like you're, you're encouraging her, you're trying to get her out of her comfort zone. What does, she, when you do stand-up, does she go see your stand-up? Does she see your things? Does she, when you, do you pitch jokes to her, is she honest and say that's not funny? No, she doesn't get that. Uh, she'll go through my edits. Like I edit videos uh, pr- to promote stuff. She'll go through those. and she, she hard on you or she she's really? She's brutal. She's fu- she's, you like it? Uh, no, I don't. I wish she was. I mean, yeah, ultimately, because it makes it better. But like the joke in our house is that if you want to feel better, ask my sister's opinion. If you want to, for the truth, ask Leanne. Like, what does Leanne. she say to you that really you know it's sort of true, but you hate hearing it? Uh, she, I just did a video to promote my, I'm doing a world tour starting uh, in January. World tour, how many How many uh, venues? 60. So Jesus. we're doing uh, 30 or 40 in the States and then. And no uh, drinking. At least no. for October. Oh, I'm, the tour's in January. I'm going to be fucking wasted. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's no way I'm not drinking on that tour. It's through Scandinavia, the UK, and Australia, and New Zealand. I'm going to be fucking All wasted. All right, so w- back to what she says to you. She is, oh, so like I, I sent her the video, and she's like, yeah, I don't get the fucking two chicks yelling the machine. And by the way, it's like my favorite part of the video. Mm. It's two really beautiful chicks yelling the machine. And, I'm, and there's two guys kissing. There's two dudes, like two Bears, on this video? Two bears in the crowd. Right. When I get on stage, everyone rips their shirts off. And everyone ripped their shirts off. And I had a video cameraman shooting it. 
and these two bears started making out and it was just awesome and i put it in she's like yeah pull it out it's stupid what are you, are you trying to like let everyone know you're progressive like what the fuck are you doing <laughs> and i was like in my head i was like maybe i was i don't know <laughs> do you ever get mad and go you're wrong yeah a lot you guys yell at each other no she was a, a bad fighter when i met her like she wasn't good at like fighting she want she would want to make it physical like physical yeah like she'd want to be like that was her natural go to through high in high you? school no she never hit me but i remember one time she like put her finger in my face i go whoa what are you doing and she was like what do you mean i was like or whatever it was it was like i remember being like hey you know you don't have to fight like that like you can also just like tell me what's wrong and i'll fix it she's like what i go tell me what i did and i'll just change it and make it better she was like wait what are you talking i had to teach her how to fight i mean joking she says this a lot she always goes how come you're so self-correcting and i go well because if i'm fucking up i want to make it better (laughs) and but adversely she legit cannot apologize really legit she can't say i'm sorry i love you bert uh pretend i really fucked up and i'm my wife and you're me okay so all right and then so and just be like hey uh, um listen that was really fucked up like wait i'm your wife no you're me i'm you i'll be my wife i'll show you how she apologizes all right hey um you know you really hurt my feelings fine then i guess i'm sorry well that didn't sound genuine oh I say I'm sorry, and you have to decide when that's genuine. Yeah, I know you really well, and I could see that you're not genuinely sorry. Okay, how's this then? Hey, I'm sorry. By the way, I'm doing a great impression of her right now. Right. That if she heard this, she would be like, "That's fucking eerie." Hey, I'm sorry. Now you're patronizing me. No, I'm not. I'm apologizing. Now you're raising your voice. You, oh my god! Every now you're using with you. the Lord's name in vain. Oh, you know what? I'm not sorry. <laughs> Is she Canadian? No. Why? She, no, sor- she's not Canadian. Sorry, Canadians don't fight. I'm sorry. No, I wasn't. Sorry. Saying, you focused on that. A little I'm bit. so sorry. And then all of a sudden, I'll be in our bedroom, and she'll come in, and she'll be like, I, I am sorry. I'm sorry. And I'll be <laughs> oh, like. Oh, so she will come down the, with at it. At the very, after you've said, you know what? Fuck it. And now I'm mad. She's like, I'm, I'm sorry. I fucked up. I'm sorry. Oliver Stone bought the rights to uh, the Burt Kreischer story. That's true. Uh, didn't I? Don't think there was a money ha- exchange at hands. Uh, so you never got paid for it. But he liked he your story. The rights he optioned to the rights life, to your yeah. story. Then he did, didn't do it. But then one of the writers supposedly uh, changed your name, made Van Wilder. They didn't give you any credit, but they've told you that it is about you. That's what they said. And you've never asked for a dime because no. it was a pretty good movie with Ryan Reynolds. It was not a pretty good movie. I, didn't I don't think. It. I didn't see it either. It was, was very successful. Right it was very, yeah, it was very, very successful. So you could easily have asked, "Hey, this is a story about my life." Yeah, I want, uh, I want a million dollars. I guess. Well, the, here's the. I mean, I think this is a little inside baseball for me and you, for the listener. But like, it didn't open well, so it was, it was a failure in the box office. So they could just hide the money and say, "Oh, we didn't really make money." Well, no, that, well, no, no. But uh, my agents and managers called. I was on Venice Boulevard by the. TJ Maxx in the Starbucks, you know, the Starbucks on Venice near Culver City, yep. Culver City on the, on the, <laughs> and so I, that's where I was when I got the call. I can tell you what car I was driving. And so, what was uh, it? uh, it was a Yukon Denali. And so, cause I had speakerphone and as people were popping on, I could hear, you know, Dong! someone's entered the call saying, Barry cats. And so, <laughs> and so they, he was like, he was the last one on the call and he's like, I'm sorry, what are we talking about? And they were like, so. Van Wilder is ultimately the option that started with the story of Burt's, and it's the same. They're like, and it's the same thing. It's 
Uh, apparently, it's a movie about a journalist discovering a party animal. That's the theme. And they're like, that is what happened to Bert. A journalist discovered a party animal, but they made it a girl and they fell in love. And, I, and they're like, we want to we wanna sue. And I had a manager, an agent, maybe two agents, and another manager on the call that were like, we should sue. And Barry Katz is You're like, not gonna win. I apologize that I'm late to the call, but I'm going to stop this right now and make it short. Papa. That's what he used to call you when he represented you. Papa. There's two types of people in this business. People who sue and people who work. Pick which one you want to be. And I was like, well, I want to work, obviously. And he's like, all right, conversation's over. We're not suing. And I was like, what? No. <laughs> I almost did that, too. And they said the same thing. It's like, you know, you're just going to hurt yourself Yeah, more. you're just going to hurt yourself. People don't want to I work remember this someone. guy stole my script. I mean, he literally stole my story. Really? I mean, wholeheartedly. I mean, it was the, the first page was verbatim. And it's a big show now. I'm not going to say anything. But uh, I remember Dax... Again, Dax with all the advice. Yeah. Uh, he said, let me ask you this question. Do you think you'll ever come up with another idea? And I go, what? <laughs> yeah, of course. He goes, well, there you go. Yeah. I mean, if you were to say to me, this is it. That was my only idea. That was the only thing I've ever written. That's the only thing I'm going to write. I'd say, go after it, man. Sue it. Do whatever you can. But if you have other ideas and you're going to explore, I'd say, don't worry about it. Yeah. it's uh, It it's- still hurts. It still bothers me. It doesn't bother me anymore. But it's like every time I see like the pop up, like, "Hey, watch this show." I'm like, "You motherfucker!" I have no feelings about the movie Van Wilder. Meaning, like, I have no connection to it. I didn't write it. it. I don't. I I would watch it. Uh, Why don't you make your own movie? Call. Listen, I want to write it. I want to get the rights. I want to call it Kreischer. Kreischer. That's it. Or Jesus Kreischer. Jesus Kreischer. And I want to. I want to write this. Your story, your book, you wrote a book. Yeah, Life of the Party. But your story is a great story about finding love, about a party animal who really finds love and is, <laughs> that's kind of Ben Wilder, yeah. but it's different. <laughs> it's different say. because we add OCD guy. Exactly. We do OCD I guy. Think, if think... OCD guy's in that fucking movie, you're suing. <laughs> We're going back to Batman. Can I tell you what I'm, can I tell you what? They kept some of my friends' names in the movie. Well, then sue! Hutch. I remember my. it bothered me so much because I had a really popular story at the time about taking acid and going to Disneyland, and it was my, with my buddy Hutch and Harper, and they were and people would hear the story and go, you, you just took that name from Van Wilder. And I was like, excuse me? Oh. And I was like, they're like, it's just, that a, just crush it's you? a cool name, and you took it from the movie Van Wilder. Did I you want to like, punch somebody? Nah. I, you know what? The truth is, I wanted to distance myself from the Rolling Stone article, and I wanted to be a real comedian. I wanted people to go, do your great comic. And then I wanted to say, did you know that in 1997, Rolling Stone magazine optioned the rights to my life and it became the movie Van Wilder? That's what I wanted to say about my life. And so ultimately, I think that's what the story about my life. And then I went and did this press tour, and I was like, hey, please don't even bring up Van Wilder. Because I go, I don't even have anything to say about it. I've never seen it. Like everyone's like, did you jack off a dog? And I'm like, I didn't see the fucking movie. I did a. I did, did you I, jack off a dog? Yeah, but no one knew about it. <laughs> well, they do now. Was it a German Shepherd? It's a bulldog. What are these Twitter questions? You know, Jason Aaliyah, is it true that he can lactate on demand? No, that was a guy. There's a guy that was with me that could lactate uh, that I took a video of and posted it. Oh. It was like fucking bizarre. I don't know if that's what he's talking about, but there's this guy who's like, I can milk my tit. And I was like, are you serious? And he's like, dude. Get your camera out. And so I videotaped it and put it on Instagram, and he milked his tit. I wish you could do that, though. I would. I, I, yeah. That'd be awesome. Do you still masturbate? Yeah. A lot? Yeah. Even with a wife? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not with her, but yeah. I'm not a big masturbator. 
Rob, do you beat off? I got a wife too. I don't really. You don't really masturbate. Wait. Oh, but you guys aren't on the road the way I am. Oh, yeah. Like when you go to a hotel, you're, you, there's times where you're like, oh, I haven't jacked off yet today. Do you beat off to porn? Yeah. You do? Yeah. Can you can you just beat off to no porn, just your imagination? No, 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 no. Okay, I you got to have visual. Yeah, I remember porn. When I when porn showed up, I was like, oh, we just stepped up the ball game. Yeah. Now there's a total reason to get a computer. Do you still wake up with uh, boners? No. I do have I do have lucid dreams, and if I had lucid dreams, a lot of times, like my wife's in Vietnam right now, and so I had a lucid dream the other night, and I was like, or I'm not awake. This isn't real. This is a dream. I was like, I can make a beautiful woman appear. And then a woman appeared, and I was like, oh, I'm going to go down on her. And I went down on her, and I was like, I'm going to have sex with her. And then I was like, wait, I should get a condom. And I was like, wait, there's a dream. Oh, shit. And I pulled out of it. I pulled out of it. Do you ever wake up still? I know it's only supposed to have, pre- you know, you know when you. I, ju- no, I have. I have. A wet dream? I have not had a wet dream, and I've wanted them. I, I every once in a while, even like very, like on a rare occasion, will be a little bit like so turned on in the morning that I'll. How great would it be if you could take a pill that would give you wet dreams instead of Ambien? You just had wet dreams. Oh, my God. Take those on airplanes. <laughs> Jesus, that'd be <laughs> Emily Sudol at Ian Sue. You should talk about how he threw a period party for his daughter. Is that true? Yeah, it's a bit I'm doing a little bit, so I, I won't run the bit on you. But my oldest daughter had her period and melted down, and it was like traumatic. Like she was like, "I'm not ready to be a big girl," because it was she was the first one. But when the youngest one had it, it was almost like our house had already been christened in blood. So the youngest one called my wife dealt with the first one. Thank God I would have fucked that up. And then my youngest called me at home because my wife's on ther- at therapy and at the chiropractor on Fridays. Jo- I had a call and she's like, dad, I got my period. And this is how bad of a dad I was. I was like, how'd you get it? She's like, what? I go like, how'd you get it? Like, <laughs> like did you get it? Like accepting an award? Were you in PE class? Like, how'd you get it? And it's the joke I say on stage is she goes, uh, I was playing kickball. I was like, oh, poor kid probably thought she blew out her pussy. Oh <laughs> so, so then I go, all right, baby, what do you need me to bring over, like, new panties, new pants? What, what do you need? She was like, huh? I go, do you need, like, new socks? Like, what do you get in your socks? Like, I don't know. <laughs> socks. And she's like, no, Dad, I need you to store and get supplies. I go, supplies? How bad is this, period? She was like, no, I'm throwing myself a period party. I was like, what? She's like, a period party? Dad, all the girls are doing it. I need you to go to the store and get a red velvet cake because we're going to put the name of my period on the cake. And I'm like, who the fuck names their period? Let alone, I'm not eating a red velvet cake knowing what it symbolizes, Isla. And she goes, Dad, I've already invited 10 people, eight girls and two boys. And I'm like, I go, who invites boys to a period party? She's like, Dad, that's the fun of it. We don't tell them why they're there. And I was like, all right, I'm in. I love it. I love the idea. And we threw a full-blown period party. I put it on Instagram stories because I'd never heard of it. I guess I guess some other girls in, in oh her school God. had done it. And, and I'd never heard of it. And I just thought it was crazy. So I put it on Instagram stories. And then... When I got, was getting ready to do Conan, they called me, and the woman who who did my Conan, our kids go to the same school. She she knows me, like knows me, knows my wife, and she goes, "Hey, I, you, I would love to talk about your daughter's period party. Like that's just a, I think that's a funny, like because she everyone knew about it, and I put it on Instagram. I was like, yeah, I can talk about it, and I'd I'd worked it out as a bit a little bit, so I did it on Conan and. Dude, it was a, it was one of the cooler things. I'm not progressive. I'm not like the most progressive guy. I'm not conservative. I'm just a regular dude. Yeah. Like I like drinking beers. I like f- fucking partying. You say what's on your mind. It's not always the right thing. And it was cool to have. I've never had like the support of feminists, but it's not me. It's my daughter. Right. My daughter did it. I'm just telling you the story. But it was like all these cool chicks that I admire that are comics were like, how badass is that? Like and like retweeted it and reshared yeah, it. That's nice. And like all these feminist like places are like, yes, ladies, yeah. And uh, by the way, I'm like. I, I didn't come up with it. I, I have no ownership to it. 
Isla came up with it, and she came up with it with other girls. The other girls came up with it because feminists came up with it. So it's like trickle down feminism ends up in my house, and I'm I and I think they were just thought it was cool that a dad would like it. You know, that yeah. a dad would be like, oh, I want to see you at Sprinkles just getting the cake, and the woman saying, "What's this for?" My my daughter had a period. The best part of the All story right. is uh is the two boys that they invited, Max and Carter are eating red velvet cake and just Loving looking at it. it and yeah, like all over their face, like, like they're on their honeymoon going, it's okay. Well, I'll eat it anyway. And so, <laughs> so the one kid goes, who's Jason? Cause the name's J Isla named her period Jason. And they're like, Jason, no, no, don't worry about it. And then, then I go to Isla, I go, why did you name it Jason? And she was like, uh, dad, today's Friday the 13th. Oh my God. She went there. Dude, she's, she's 11. She's 11. She's 12. She's the most interesting child just fucking bizarre. You learn a lot from them? No. You don't learn anything? No. Well, you learned about the period stuff. Yeah, I don't learn. I don't, maybe I guess I learn stuff emotionally. Do you cry when they do things that are just, you know, warrant to cry, warrant to, Do they do things that, like, you know, they graduate, they say sweet things, they no. do. You know, that doesn't make you those cry. Aren't, those aren't the things that. What makes you cry? Um, only time I've ever cried. I, I've cried a few times. Like, you know, if they get hurt, and you get scared. If they don't get something they want, you get everything's twisting. You're like, fuck, man. Why didn't, why can't they just get the thing they want? Like, I want them to not have any hiccups in their life. I want them to have the life I didn't have. Just smooth sailing the whole fucking ride. And then um, Isla got put in the stupid class one time and she knew it. That's not what it's called, though, right? No, but that's what I call it. (laughs) In all fairness, she was, she looked at the class list and all, and none of her friends were in the class. And or at least she she's dyslexic, so she couldn't tell. So she goes over the line, and it just looks like the weirdest group of kids. And she breaks. She goes, "Can I talk to you for a second? And walks me. I told this in my last special, my second to last special. And she pulls me over to the handball court and goes, "She's like looking up, and I'm like trying to figure out what she's looking at." And she goes, "Dad, be honest. Am I in the stupid class?" And I realize she's holding the tears in her eyes, and I fucking melted. I was like. Probably. <laughs> I mean, I just saw them the way you saw them. That doesn't look that like the smart class. That was your response after you're crying no. and you're emotional. I go, let's talk to mom. And so then my wife comes over <laughs> oh. and my wife's like. I about cried, Christ. Yeah. I about cried, <laughs> My wife comes over and my wife's like, what, what's going on, guys? And I'm like, is she in the stupid class? Because we just saw them and they look. And my wife's like, excuse me? And I was like, we're pretty concerned that she's in this stupid class. We're both crying. And my wife's like, guys, calm the fuck down. She goes, Isla, you're not in the stupid class. And then gives her a speech. Walks her over and it turns out three of her friends are in the class. And Isla's like, oh. Three of her stupid friends. That's what Leanne said. No, no. I go, I thought she was in the stupid class. She's like, of course she is. She's always been in the stupid class. I think we were all in the stupid class. Yeah, I was was definitely in the stupid class. You were. Rob wasn't. Rob was always a smart look at him. Does he look together? Yeah, I'm trying to figure out what that tattoo is. This tattoo, uh, Radiohead Kid A tattoo. Tucker Hall wants to know if you'd. If, what kind of question? Would, would you have fucked Will Smith if it came down to it? Uh, I thought I thought he wanted to have sex with me when I first met him. Is that true? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, let me. <laughs> it's not true. Yeah, it's hundred percent true. Uh, so, my first deal was with Will Smith. I'm 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 soft sold that. I, I a whole hard sold that too much. I go to meet him and uh, we're at the some studio. He, there's two folding chairs in the middle of a dance room. And we sit down, and uh, his people had liked my stand-up. 
and they thought we could do a TV show together. And so he was like, uh, I talked to him. I loved hip hop. I love hip hop. Yeah. And so I started going off on all my favorite hip hop, the hip hop is current, hip hop in the past, all the legends, all the like who killed Tupac, who killed Biggie. Like I'm going through everything. He's like, I like you. I go, I like you. He's like, what are you doing tonight? I was like, nothing. He goes, let's go to a movie. I was like, oh, mm. okay. He's like, meet me at Planet Hollywood at like eight. I go, all right. So I get out. I call my dad. I had that Nokia. Wait a minute. Will wants to take you to Planet Hollywood. Dude, you sound like my dad right now. I called my dad and I told him just what I told you. And my dad did exactly what you said. He goes, wait a minute. Will Smith wants to take you to Planet Hollywood on a date. And I was like, what? And he goes, oh, buddy. I'm sorry. L- legit words. This is 1998, maybe. He goes, I think he wants to queer you. And I go, what? And he goes, Dad, hey, buddy, it's very popular in Hollywood. These guys get so famous. And they have had sex with so many women that the only thing that turns them on is to have sex with boys. Like, really, like, like young Hollywood startup boys that, like, 20 years old, 25 years old, who and, and turn them gay. That's the only thing that really, like, excites them. It's called the casting couch. And I'm like, Dad, that's impossible. I go, I just sat in a dance studio with this guy. And he's like, where? I go, oh, fuck. And he goes, let me ask you a question, buddy. What's more likely? The fact that you're so talented that within doing stand-up in six months, the biggest movie star in the world wants to make a sitcom about your life or or he wants he's it. tired of pussy and he wants you. And I was like, oh, God, what do I do? And he was like, you show up. You fuck. He goes, well. you show up. You show up. Eat shit and cash checks. He goes, listen. <laughs> he goes, all I'm telling you is this is a possibility. I just I, I could be wrong. This is a possibility. So I, sh- <laughs> I show up. I show up. It's at Planet Hollywood. I get there. I says Will Smith here. And they're like. No, celebrities don't go to Planet Hollywood. And I was like, I'm supposed to see a movie here with him? And they're like, we don't have a movie theater. And so now I'm thinking, oh, he was pranking me. Okay, or maybe I misunderstood it, whatever. So I sit in the lobby, and I'm like, I'm going to give it like 10 minutes. I'll give it 30 minutes for all, and then I'll have dinner here and go home. And in like five minutes, this big, like six foot seven, 350-pound black dude named Charlie Mack sticks his head out out this door on the side and goes, you Bert? I go, yeah, and he goes, downstairs. Now I'm thinking, oh, great. I'm having sex with this guy, too. This is going to be a long <laughs> fucking night. I get downstairs, and inside downstairs are like 10 black dudes, and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to have sex with all 10 of these guys, plus Charlie Mack, plus Will Smith. I'm sure he's bringing Jazzy Jeff. And there's a folding table there, and I'm like waiting, just like going, holy shit, like I'm not making eye contact with anybody. I'm not looking at anyone. I'm just standing in this room. It's maybe the size of this room, but with red curtains all around the walls, red curtains around all the walls. And so I'm just waiting. I'm not, I'm not talking. I'm not looking at anyone. I'm this one 26-year-old white kid around all these grown black men. And then all of a sudden you hear, summer, summer, summertime. Almost. <laughs> I see Jazzy Jeff walk down the stairs. No. I swear to God. No. I swear to God. I swear to God on my children. Jazzy Jeff walks down. Will Smith walks down. And they're like, they're like yo, what's up? And Will looks at me and he goes, hey, everyone, this is Bert. And everyone looks at me and starts walking towards me. And I'm like, all right, here we go. I should start sucking dicks first, maybe. And uh, all of a sudden, the curtains behind me open, and there's a beautiful private screening room in the basement of Planet Hollywood. And we watched uh, American Pie. And that was the night. And, and then at the end of the night, he was like, uh, he was like, what did you think? You thought you were going to get fucked, right, Bert? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He goes, what did you think? I said, it was good. And he goes, no, what did you think about the room? I said, it's it it very nice. And he goes, no, the, the guys. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't follow. Like, and he goes, you said you were a hip hop fan. Look around. That's cool. Mo D. No. Marquis. No. And I'm like, oh, fuck. No. He, he called all these like these like they're all his friends. So he wanted to watch movies with his friends. But he called them up. because He was like, yo, 
I've got this. Kumo D. Kumo I D. I go to work just like a track star. Yeah, Kumo I D. I ran was through there. the backyard. Moses, real name. His real name's Mo. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And I, I ran into him like, I ran into Kumo D probably a year later, and he came up to me. He was like, "What's up, Bert?" And I was like, "Mo." He was, and everyone's like, "How do you know Kumo D?" I was like, "We watched a movie together." <laughs> Bismarcky. Bismarcky was there. Every, everyone, the only ones would I you, really would remember. Would you say he was a friend? I, I would say he's just a friend. <laughs> Terrible. Bismarcky. Was, I was the two guys I remember the most were Bismarcky and Kumo D. I, I literally only because uh, I uh, he was doing Wild Wild West at the time, and so he was using that song, and so yeah, that was. But did I, you wrestle a bear? I wrestled a bear. Was that scary? The wrestle? No one. It you're is going to get killed. In hindsight, it is. Once you watch a few bear attacks with like yeah, a news anchor, rip your back open. Yeah, those are scary as fuck. But at the time, I was such an idiot. I just wanted to be famous. I literally didn't know that you. I didn't think that you needed a talent per se. I just thought you could get put in a sitcom, you could get famous, you could just then you could just like get a TV show, get a like get a. Uh, I wanted an Escalade. Like I wanted all the yeah. things that you'd see in cribs. You know, I want a house in the hills. I wanted to be like I wanted everything you saw in cribs, and then. And so, yeah, I just did. They I ever did ask everything. you to Florida State, like, to come back and give a speech? No, they asked me to donate money though one time. But they won't want you to come back and give like a no. What do they call that? Well, speech they, to graduates? Oh, they'll never do that. I'll never get the never not the commencement. Too embarrassing speech. for them. Do you ever go back? I haven't been back since. Would, would you go back and perform? Maybe it would, have, it would have to be a dick load of money. That place left a, a, a weird taste in my mouth because I, when I left, they had my fraternity had. Uh, I guess tried to kick me out of my fraternity. Everyone wanted to disassociate themselves with me. The school, the t- school failed me. Uh, I had to take prison class systems in Tala in New York as a young comic. I had to take the correspondence classes, which were kin to the prison systems classes. I just got to send a box of books and a bunch of tests, and they're like, "Go ahead, send them back." And so I had to read the fucking textbooks. I had to read textbooks and take tests. The president disassociated himself with me. They did, They were horrible. They were absolutely horrible to me. So that last month, two months of my life was like, I was like, I'm ready to get the fuck out of here. You I, kill, kill him with success. Yeah, I guess. So, I, so now what is it? So how much are tickets to a Burt Kreischer show on tour? $35. $35. How many people usually are at these concerts, these uh, venues? Um, So 400, probably, probably uh, about 16, no, 2,000 people a weekend. 2,000 people a weekend, 2,500 people a weekend. Um, Is there meet and greets? Meet and greets every show. Are you exhausted out of your ass? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like you just want to collapse. Oh, my God. You have no fucking idea. By about halfway through the meet and greet line, I start. Like, we usually get like 180 people meet and greet line. And about halfway through, you're just in rote. And what will happen is inevitably someone who actually knows you will walk up or someone who has come to your show or someone who wants to give them extra attention. And they're just like, they're like, do you even know who I am? And you're like, worst. And you're like, I'm so sorry, man. I'm in the middle of this. I'm, I'm not. I'm not here right now. I'm kind of just fucking getting through it. I'm listening to people. I want to listen to people. I want to meet people because I, I know that as a fan, I want to meet people. But like, I'm not. I cannot hear. I I can't. I'm not emotionally available for like. Do you remember the time? Yeah. Like, like so. It's just, and no matter what, you're still giving that energy off. I'm getting, like it's like it's like I, I go. I want to do a meet and greet. I want it. I'm here for these people. I gotta go. Yeah. Here for these people. Do you love stand up? I love it. Do you get a rush every time? Uh, no. Do you get nervous before you go on? Not at all. Uh, not, not zero. A, zero if I'm doing zero if I'm doing a weekend or if I'm 
Like you only get nervous when you're doing your special because you like you want to do it right. You want to yeah. get all the laughs. You want to get the timing. Do you ever do a takeover? Let me uh, go back and tell that joke again. I did, and what's so funny? I did like two bits in my last my my special secret time that's streaming on Netflix right now. I did two bits where watch I watch this shit. Where I was like, all right, I had this joke where I'm going to say I was high as, and so I go, I know I have the intro, so I'm going to I'm going to say I was high as dot dot dot, and. I'm going to do three different options, and I'll pick the option that works the best in the room, and I'll put it in the special. Uh, it was I'm higher than, and I said I'm I'm higher than uh, Senator Socks, and it doesn't get a laugh, and so I'm like fuck. And I say this in this in the show. I go, God damn it! I go out and because I know that I can. None of this matters in a stand up. You can totally break the fourth wall and stand up and talk about what you're doing. And it's, and you then can't just, do it on, st- on Netflix special. Well, yeah, but, and then so and you're like, I'll just edit it out. But but in a room, I've done stand up so much. I go, they know me. They they're fans. So I'm like, I'm like, God damn it! I worked that joke like 19 different ways, and and I thought that was the one. I go, I even came up with, and now I know that if I say it, that I can plug that in. So I go, I came up with them. Um, I'm higher than a woodpecker's dick in a redwood, and it gets a laugh, but not the laugh I want. And I went, I'm higher than astronaut pussy. That's progressive, right? Like knowing that I can plug these in and still nothing. And I go, you know what? And then now I'm just, now I've, I've given up on these. One of these three are going to work. And I tell them, you know, I even got, and I say this in the moment, but I go, I even, cause it was funny to me, but it didn't, it didn't make sense. I didn't think anyone would find it funny. Um, I go, I even got really high and tried to write it from that perspective. And, and it's true. All I could come up with was I'm higher than a whale because I thought <laughs> there's got to be times where a whale's at the top of the ocean going, I am high as fuck right now. And I, when I thought that I couldn't stop laughing and it made me giggle so hard. And then I watched the take and it was funnier leaving all of that dialogue in and not making it and not uh, changing it at all. Just keep all the Just mistakes. keep it all in because it was like, it was real. Like, made it real. And then there was one point where I was like, Isla is yelling the C word like she, I forget, I forget the, I forget the line. But I threw in an option, another option line, and it was only because like I'm, I at the time I was going through a legit obsession with Chelsea Handler because I followed her on Instagram and she was using Insta Stories a lot at the time, and she was skiing nonstop. She was on like she was on a no joke a three month ski vacation where she went to different ski locations and just skied with different dudes and smoked weed, and I was like I was almost and her dog's name's Bert, so she would always go Bert. Bert, get in bed with me. And it was like a weird connection I was having with her. And so, and everyone always says she's difficult to work with. So I said, Isla's yelling the C word like she just got done working with Chelsea Handler. And I just left it in. And I, and, and, and then I, as soon as and I was like, I should have left it in because I like her and I would hate for her to see that and be like, fuck that guy. And then try to, but whatever. If I don't give a fuck. <laughs> what are you going to do? All right. Well, dude, this, you know, I feel like you're one of the. <laughs> One of the fuckers that I feel like I could talk to for hours. Like, can I tell you? I can't believe I'm. I just had a moment of clarity where I was like, I can't believe I'm sitting with you. Like, if you told me when I moved to Hollywood that I would be sitting with you in a room, I'd be like, I made it. What? Oh, hardcore! Now you said so I was like, obsessed. I was obsessed with Smallville. Really? So, yeah, obsessed with it because it was. The, I told you this. It was the first time I knew I'd ever seen a prequel story is that what it's called yeah it's a story before the story yeah it's yeah prequel, like a yeah, prequel, prequel story i never i never heard of that concept like i like dude i was a i was a meathead in college like i didn't watch tv i didn't watch like i discovered friends 
out of when I lived in New York and was doing stand-up. This is the first time I ever saw a Friends episode. I first time I ever saw Seinfeld was there. I found news radio at that time. And like television, I just didn't watch it in college, didn't watch it growing up, and it blew up. And then when I came out to LA, uh, Smallville had just started, and I I was like, hold the fuck when did Smallville start? 2001. 2001. I was like, hold the fucking phones. This is them as in high school? Shut the I lost my shit. I lost my shit and I was losing my hair and I thought you were really bald. And I was like, fuck yeah. I loved your I loved it. I loved it so much that like I got angry. I got angry when I watched Spider Man and James Franco played What's His Name's Son? Because I go, nah, bro, nah, bro. We've no, sorry. I like I just there was so much because of the relationship with you and your dad. Yeah. And I was like, Glover. Um, but it was uh I'm not even joking. If you told me when I moved out here that I would be sitting in a room with you in your house, I would told I would have told you I am I have made it in this business. I would have been like, How the fuck does that even happen? Um are am I a movie star? <laughs> well, I don't even know what to say. Because that's uh, it's very it's flattering and it's just like you know it's not like I hear it all the time but it's nice to well, it's, someone you respect someone you think you like someone you think is a good guy I just did your cooking show what's it called something's burning I did it with Harlan Williams we were your guests we cooked some stuff we talked shit and like you know I met you and I didn't really I didn't know you and then you asked me to do the show yeah and I, at the end I was just like I love this guy I You're, saw you on Theo's podcast and then I and then I got like obsessed and I was like I was like guys. That's not who I I was obsessed with your hair. I, th- I think that's what people think is they uh, sometimes in the past like I'm this dark weird guy. Yeah, I'm and just a, not so dark. Super. F- and then I was like, wait, he was in he was in sorority boys. <laughs> like he wait, hold on, wait, yeah. what the fuck? And I was like, shut up. And then I like I started going like, wait, I've seen him in a bunch of shit. And then I saw and then I I watched that whole episode with that goddamn fucking kid whose brother was in something in Alley, uh, Zach and Alley. What's the the Disney? What's the? I watched the podcast with the brother that plays in the band. Oh, Riker! Dude, and I watched Ross. that. I watched that whole podcast, and it was such an interesting podcast. And I'm like, look, I, it's. I'm not even joking. I'm not. And I'm, I'm not talking negative, but it maybe has like two thousand views in that channel. Yeah, and I I'm sitting there. I'm going like I'm laying in bed watching the whole fucking interview. Going, I can't believe no one's watched this. This is a great interview. It's a dude, it's such a great interview. I almost hit the kid up and was like, "Hey man, can I get on your podcast?" It was so, it was like fucking phenomenal. And he's got a huge following. They, they you know they were a band R five and yeah. they played at the Greek and sold out. And uh, yeah, those guys are great. And I, mean, Ross, I could be wrong about the numbers on what the views were, but it wasn't what I thought it should. Oh, be. Oh yeah, but dude, what a, I appreciate that. But look, when I met you, I felt the same way. I mean, we we're blowing each other, but I think it's good. Because in this business, you meet when you meet good people, you're like, I want to hang out with that guy. Yeah, he's busy as fuck. He's got so much going on, but he's like one of the good guys. You are who you are. You're not pretend. Now, from this interview, I just feel like you are exactly who you're portraying. There's no you kind of say what you want to say. You know, I mean, there may be some secrets that you have that you hold dear. No, but that's I why feel- I call my special secret time. I don't fucking keep. <laughs> dude, I just told everyone I got the clap in college. Like I just, I have nothing, dude. I when I, I it's like the only thing I have are the stories that I tell. And I some, sometimes you think they're funny. Sometimes you they're you think they're not funny and they're really funny. Like I said to Rogan the other day, I bought a gun because I wanted to write a bit about guns, and he was like, huh. Who goes out and buys a firearm so that they can write a bit about it? And I was like, this guy. I was like, that's who I am. Chrysler's coming on tour. If you've enjoyed this interview, you're going to enjoy him because what you see is what you get, folks. He's all over. It's a world tour, 60 cities. Look, Go online. Look on him at, at what on Twitter? BurtBurtBurt.com. BurtBurtBurt.com. Follow me on Instagram. Instagram is my strong suit. I've gotten like 120,000 followers in the last month. 
Dude. I'm loving Instagram. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, man, listen, listen to him. Follow him. He's a genius. I hope we remain fr- friends, buddy. Please, you, you have my number. You're Let's always great, keep in great, touch. Dude. Next time we get a, a big bouncy house out front, a big, big slide, me? I will definitely invite you. Thank you, Bert Kreischer, for allowing me to be inside of you today. I like you inside of me. Awesome. <laughs> Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Should we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.